Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. I'm also thrilled and uh, excited to introduce to you uh, my friend, uh, the Reverend Dr. Luther Oates, uh, known as, mostly known as uh, Smokey Oates. Uh, Smokey was uh, head of school at uh, Christ School in Charlotte, North Carolina, when I was serving a parish outside of Charlotte. And it was my practice to always inform the vestry uh, of that parish uh, whenever I was going to be out of town for uh, a conference or vacation or something. And their first question was always not where was I was going or what was I was what I was doing, but have you called Smokey? Um, I, I think attendance actually went up uh, those Sundays. So, um, but it is my uh, he is now with uh, St. Francis Community Services, uh, which is working uh, both here in Mississippi and throughout the southeast. And I'm so glad that he is here at the chapel this evening. Thank you. Very gracious. You're a good liar. <laughs> uh, two commercials, two commercials. And you guys may be slammed in there, but you're good. <laughs> and uh, secondly, I, I, I do not have a microphone. I don't know the acoustics. So the, I saw some tall people back there in the back. If I fade out, somebody flag me and I'll try to pick up, okay, try, try to pick it up. I have to use notes. Um, I shared with your clergy, if I don't, I start wandering around and we'll never get to the agape. Commandments and signs. Commandments and signs. That's what this day is really all about, liturgy, in this worship service. Um, uh, uh, since the fourth century, the uh, Council of Nicaea, since the 4th century, Maudie Thursday has been observed as a commemoration of the institution of the Eucharist. You heard a little hint of that in the New Testament lesson. If you want to read about that, you look on 274 of the Book of Common Prayer. There are two lessons that are options for tonight. One is the one we had, John, what I'm preaching about. The other is the one from Luke, and that's about getting the Eucharist going, the institution of the Eucharist, when Jesus does that with his disciples. So you, you got options. You got options. Um, the details, though, for the Eucharist, you're not finding them in John's Gospel. They're not in there. They're not in there. But this foot washing clearly is that y'all just participated in. Rather than do that Eucharist, and so John's got this foot washing, and there is, if you listen carefully, I believe there's a, a this sort of quiet, commanding tone in this piece. We're doing this. We're doing this. Couched in really, if you know much about foot washing and the customs of the middle, it's a it's mind-boggling scene of extravagant love. 
that's depicted for us in the Gospel reading. And it's situated within this very hugely wide sweep of emotions and range of behaviors. Think about what's going on in that room at that meal. There's got to be a poignancy, an emotional charge um, that electrifies the room. Um, uh, It has to be. There are friends who are having a meal, and some of them intuit. Some of them got it. And one knows for sure it's their last meal. It's the last time. There is sitting with them, publicly deceiving all with eyes to see, and I, I have no doubt suffering some inner turmoil at what he has done. There is this traitor who is soon to betray his master. There's a hum of anxiety, hum of anxiety that permeates the place. Everybody knows that the walls of Jewish piety and Roman law are closing in. They've had too many brushes too many times in too many places. It's getting short. Time is getting short. And then there's Peter, the leading disciple, or a leading disciple's refusal. He doesn't get it. To be served by one who is greater than he. It's a a very complex scene, and it's full of stuff if you'll take it apart. So for John, the primary event on this night is this sort of preposterous, servile act of foot washing, which it's customary in Palestinian circles, but you could not require a Jewish slave to do it. It was beneath the dignity of a Jewish slave. And yet, here is Jesus washing their feet, going person to person to person, and doing what you can't get anybody else to do who's in the, who's in the tradition, who's in the history. Okay. So it's in, what I'm trying to suggest to you is it's in and through that act, it's in this foot washing, that Jesus identifies a pattern of right relationship one to another, each of us, one to another, all of us together, a right relationship that we are to hold on to as believers. Uh, it, it is This foot washing is an enacted parable on the nature of love defined by Jesus, who's fully aware that this is his final teaching, this is his last act, this is it in his earthly life. Of all the things he could have said or done It's foot washing and the commandment at the end of this gospel reading about loving one another, which is its message, honestly, its its message. That's what he chooses to leave his disciples with. Well, the commandment, the the lesson, we know it. Who has not been to church ever before? You've been to church before. You know the point. You know the lesson. We are to, I mean, it's straightforward. We are to love one another as God in Christ Jesus loves us, and as we love ourselves. We are to love one another. Really not so hard to understand in your heads, intellectually. When you think about it, it means sacrifice and self-renunciation and self-giving. It means making allowance, um, um, provisions for another person to enter your life and get their needs met. 
That's what the Bible understands hospitality to be about. Uh, it means prioritizing another's place, another's presence in your life um, over your own, or, or at the very least, at the very least, using more plural pronouns than you use singular pronouns. Us, we, ours, me, mine, I, okay? Uh, for some, it means loyalty, it means respect, it means honor, it means duty, it means service. George Bernard Shaw uh, wrote once, um, uh, this, so you think I just stand up here and start talking? I did some research for this. <laughs> I looked this up. George Bernard Shaw said once, this is the true joy of life, being used up for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one, being a force of nature instead of a feverish little clod of ailments and grievances complaining that the world will not devote itself to making me happy. I am of the opinion, he goes on to say, that my life belongs to others, and as long as I live, it is my privilege to do for them whatever I can. I want to be thoroughly used up when I die, for the harder I work, the more I live. No, I, I, I don't think it's a stretch, intellectually, in our, uh, in our minds. I, I don't think it's a stretch to kind of figure out uh, what love and honor and, and serving one another is, is about. But let me tell you, folks, let me tell you, it is exceedingly difficult, exceedingly, to execute, to accomplish, to get our hearts and our very lives around. That's where the challenge is. For this love that Jesus is talking about is a gracious type of love which is not predicated on our assessment of the worthiness of its recipient. It's not about who deserves or, or as E.F. Hutton used to say, who earns it. It is not a love of, that is ever too good to be taken advantage of or too holy to be refused or cussed at. It is a love that prays, stands up and gets its hand dirty, as we say at St. Francis Community Services. I'll tell you a little more about that later on. It is a love that, as it says in Corinthians, bears all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It is a love. A gracious love has nothing to do with hierarchy or status or obligation and holds no reservations about being or, or about what is right. It's a love that's reckless in its giving. Y'all remember the parable about the seeds that are scattered everywhere? Okay. Reckless in its giving. That is courageous in its serving. You remember the story about Jesus and the woman in adultery? Where is he standing? Between her and? They don't talk much here, do they? <laughs> Work with me here, people. Work with me. We'll get to the meal. Work with me. He's standing between the woman in adultery and who? The stone throwers, the rock throwers. That's courageous. It's a bad place to be. It is a love that is heedless of the cost. 
Think about tomorrow. What's coming up? What's just a few hours away? It's a sort of love by which the disciples, and I think each of us, finally and fully, will be known as belonging to Jesus. We've got to get our hearts and our lives around it. Do y'all know Alan Patton, author Alan Patton? I know they let you read in Mississippi. Do y'all know Alan Patton? Man, they really are tough. Okay, all right. <laughs> South African um, has written a bunch of books. Um, uh, he tells a story in a historical novel that he wrote. Uh, um, the novel's called Ah, But Your Land is Beautiful. Ah, But Your Land is Beautiful. Uh, and this is a story about a South African judge. This, is a re- this really did happen. His name Jan Christian Oliver. A black pastor invites Judge Oliver to come to his church for Monday Thursday services. Well, the judge knows, I mean, there's apartheid in South Africa. This is back in the day. This is apartheid in South Africa. He knows if he goes, there's trouble. He knows it's not a good idea. But meaning to be a good man, trying to be decent, trying to do the right thing, trying to live out his faith, he says, okay, and he goes. When Oliver gets there, he finds out it's a, there's foot washing. It's Monday Thursday, and there's going to be foot washing. Well, you know, he gets sort of pushed and prodded and pulled up to the front, um, uh, invited up to come and help out, much like y'all have just done a few minutes ago. Um, And when he gets up there, he realizes that the person's feet he is to wash, the feet that are in front of him, are the feet of a woman named Martha Fortuity. Martha Fortuity. Who, it happens, had been a servant in his house for 30 years. 30 years, kneeling at her feet, he is struck, is overwhelmed by how weary, tired those feet seem to be from so many years of serving him and his family. Greatly moved, greatly moved, he holds those feet gently, washes them just a bit, and then kisses them. Martha falls to weeping, if you can imagine, falls to weeping. Many others in the congregation are weeping now. The newspapers got word of what had happened. Oliver lost his political career. He was out, lost his judgeship, lost a good bit of his social standing. But no doubt, no doubt, he found his soul that night. The foot washing we've done. The foot washing you participated. The foot washing is described in John's gospel. It's a message from God. It's a message from God of his call to love others as we've been loved. Uh, To take the lower seat from time to time or when that's appropriate um, uh, and to willingly accept the role of Martha over that of Mary when that's the right role to take. To think none too highly of yourself, no matter how smart or talented or important you you think you are. Or or in Micah, remember Micah says, to walk humbly with your God. It's about remembering that we are all under authority somehow, some way. And all of us must give account 
somehow, someday. Church, beautiful, filled with signs, filled with symbols. So in the midst of this celebration, in the midst of this Monday Thursday, I'm kind of surprised you guys asked me back, because this is kind of what I do all the time. In the midst, in the midst of this Monday Thursday, I got some questions. I got some questions for you to take with you, for you to consider. What sign are you to others? To what do you point? What do you symbolize? What do you represent? What do the mighty acts of God we remember this night? Foot washing, the Eucharist will enjoy in just a few minutes. What, what do they signal to you? If, if they define a, a, a purpose for your life, kind of like the writer was at George Bernard Shaw, if they define a purpose for your life, what is it? And what are you doing about it? Well, let me ask that another way that's maybe, I hope not offensive, but a little more kind of real. If being a Christian were a crime, you were charged with it, would there be enough evidence to convict you? I mean, really? Really, guys? Really, guys? Really, friends? Brothers and sisters, really, that's the point of Holy Week. It's the point of tonight. Amen. Amen.